Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jacob Gaffney, the Editor-in-Chief of Housing Wire. I have another installment of our very exciting series, Six Questions for Six HUD Execs. I'm joined today with the commissioner of the FHA, Brian Montgomery. Uh, pretty much everyone who's been in housing knows this gentleman. He has made uh, uh, just his whole life has been about serving the housing industry, both in the private and public sector. And we're here to ask him those six questions. And uh, he's going to explain a little bit about his, uh, his background going into it. Mr. Montgomery, thank you so much for joining us for this series. Yeah, thank you very much, Jake. I'm glad to join you. Well, I was very fortunate to be involved in housing issues, uh, mostly affordable housing, uh, both at the state level in Texas, and then, uh, of course, being FHA commissioner not once but twice, and sandwiched in between that, uh, helped co-found a firm, a due diligence risk management firm, and was uh, enjoying being out in the private sector, and out of the clear blue, I got a call from the from the new Trump administration. and. Uh, mm-hmm early in 2017 and little did I know a few months later I'd be nominated and and then certainly have a confirmation hearing and Mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily prepared for the length it took to get confirmed these days but uh, that's certainly the the politics that that we're living in right now. Yeah it's certainly you know uh, Deputy Secretary Pam Patno uh, seemed to have the easiest kind of a pathway forward, but even then it was, it was margin a couple of issues here or there. But I think with your nomination and going through, I think that we're very privileged to have someone so senior in the housing industry to be commissioner of the FHA. But that goes back to the point, you know, you're, you're out there, you're doing great. You know, you, you've had a wonderful career. You get that call, you know, it's from, it's from the administration. And, uh, and what made you say yes? You know, what, why did you choose to return uh, to work in the public sector? Well, I have to admit, we had started this company, and we did well, and we sold it, and I went from being a co-owner to an employee. Nothing wrong with being an employee, but the timing was good when I got the call. And once, you know, the housing issues gets in your blood, uh, it's immensely satisfying at many levels. And um, once I talked to them, and of course talked to my wife and some others, and it's a completely different place and time, this go-around. And um, I'm, you know, public service is a noble calling. I thought I could make a difference, and uh, the stars te- seem to align. And next thing I know, I'm, uh, I'm back in the same office. I've, wow. mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 I tell someone re- referred me to the as being the Grover Cleveland of the FHA. Uh, if you recall, he served nine consecutive terms as president. Mm-hmm. So I'm told I'm, I'm the first person to, to be FHA commissioner twice. By the way, under under three presidents, uh, Bush, wow. Obama, and certainly Trump. Excellent, excellent. And you mentioned how housing gets in your blood, and that is definitely uh, something as a journalist who covers it, you know, and people ask about housing wire. I, I do explain to them that we have a favorable bias towards housing, that our responsibility uh, in, in the housing and mortgage finance communities is to promote the American dream, and that's home ownership. It's something that keeps me going day to day, and I'm curious about what keeps you grounded in your work in housing. It's in your blood, and what 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 gets you going every single morning, sir? Sure. Well, it's immense satisfaction to know that you're helping families or individuals, mm-hmm. or even those most vulnerable populations, uh, help them get a roof over their head. It could be home ownership. It might be through the work we do with subsidized housing, and being able to see, you know, sort of the benefit of all that. We were in, in Austin uh, a couple of days ago doing the 100,000 
rental assistance demonstration program groundbreaking. Yeah. This crazy and, milestone, yeah. Well, and it was a good example of bipartisanship, too. I mm -hmm. want to get that point across. And seeing some of the tenants, the folks who would be getting the benefit of the two parties working together to get some common sense solutions to help you know, improve the infrastructure and, and affordable housing, rental housing, it was immensely satisfying and seeing you know, the state government and the city government and the federal government all working together to produce housing, affordable housing, that's you know, sorely needed, as we all know. And you know, those, those things in housing are, are part of the, the larger picture of the nation's housing economy. It's not just uh, you know, these individuals who, who require rental assistance, these individuals who require home ownership assistance, uh, they're, they're, they're all vulnerable for a reason, and that is the, the socioeconomic conditions which they've unfortunately found them in, and that's the larger issues. That's the affordability issue. That's accessibility issue. Uh, what are you and the administration doing um, to address those issues, especially in your role at the FHA, which is for so many people a lifeline to get on that property ladder? Sure. Well, as we know, we're in the 10th year of conservatorship of the GSEs, and we don't know yet how that's going to turn out. But I do know this, that we need to make sure that there's a strong, robust federal housing administration to be there in good times and bad, and to be there and, and operate without a subsidy from the U.S. government mm -hmm. and be able to provide homeownership opportunities for families who are ready for homeownership opportunities. And again, equally important is to make sure that we have safe, sanitary, and decent housing for those lower-income populations who need rental housing uh, or perhaps need you know, the comfort of a 202 property for elderly housing or an 811 property for those with disabilities. So it's, there's plenty of workload to go around here. And so yeah. our, days, our days are busy trying to solve for all of those. And you mentioned the elderly program, and I know Secretary Carson has made it a priority to get the aging in place standards adopted and implemented and moving forward. Uh, but let's talk about your particular area of housing. Let's talk about the FHA, which is, uh, again, not just a lifeblood for many, many uh, homeowners. Uh, certainly without the FHA, I would not today be a homeowner. So you could count me in that number, but also there's a great deal of uh, the economy that's tied into the federal insurance backing these loans. And I'm talking about loan officers who re rely on the FHA product to broker their, their deals and put food on the table for their families as well. So, you know, what is a specific area of housing, you know, in the FHA you work closely on that you think the public isn't attuned to, that they can learn more about, you know, what, what you're doing to make those homeowners and loan officers and all of that, you know, uh, make their lives a bit better tomorrow than they are today. Well, we just need to make sure that we have, you know, an FHA on sound, robust financial footing, first and foremost. We have to, you know, strengthen our capital. We have to manage our risks. And taxpayers and future homeowners don't necessarily care about, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. They just want to make sure when they're ready to apply uh, to get a mortgage and they're interested in the FHA that we're there for them. And I as you know, was served in this position in the Bush administration and Obama for a period of time, including during you know the biggest collapse, housing collapse in our nation's history. So I got to see you know how the FHA performed that counter-cyclical role uh, beautifully. Again, not just the Bush administration, but the incoming Obama administration as well. And the FHA was able to step in as it has done before and help ensure that there's 
sufficient amount of mortgage liquidity, mm-hmm. uh, especially at a certain uncertain you know period in, in our history. And I think again, FHA performed that role admirably. And now, as, as we go forward, again, we just need to make sure that the type of loans that we're endorsing are for borrowers who are prepared for the responsibility of home ownership, sustainable home ownership. We're not chasing volume numbers here. Um, you know, there's no bonuses paid to anybody uh, in terms of performance and, and driven by volume. Uh, again, we just want to make sure that we're able to operate FHA in a sound way and it's a lower risk to the taxpayers. And it's it's interesting, you, you bring up uh, uh, so many salient points as we look back on the 10-year anniversary of the housing crisis where in the private market, you know, chasing volume and bonus structures were seen as a, as a, as a way to personally enrich the lives of many in the private mortgage insurance industry and uh, origination industry rather. And now we see that, you know, you, right now taxpayers are in a position where they don't have to care. You know, you are working to make sure that the FHA is sound and robust and, you know, the public, of course, like you said, uh, they, they don't, they aren't aware of what it takes to keep the FHA running as an entire department that is done so responsibly, both morally and fiscally. So I wonder, you know, if there's more we could do to get this message out to the public, you know, that the FHA is not one that's making uh, high risk bets on any sort of, you know, uh, and you've seen the the headlines uh, when it comes to different entities in the marketplace that, you know, subprimes coming back and all this is housing people. We know that this isn't the case, but, you know, the fact that you don't give bonuses, for example, shows that your that your department is really, really focused on what's right. And that is the American dream of home ownership. So how important would it be to get that message out? Could we be doing more to inform the public of your mission? Well, certainly we, we could always be doing more, but again, it's helping ensure that, you know, we have a safe and sound FHA is critically mm-hmm. important. And, and the public expects us, you know, to, to manage our risk properly, uh, to strengthen our capital as needed. But one area where we certainly need help is in our technology. And uh, it's been well publicized. Some of the outings, outages rather we've had with some of our IT systems through this year. In fact, through June of this year, we'd had 135 outages. And some of these programs are entering their fourth decade. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the good news is we have a road roadmap to modernize our infrastructure here, a very robust one. And we will be ready to go. We just need the, uh, need the funding. <laughs> and, and for once, I'm actually uh, kind of feeling optimistic based on the <laughs> we, we've had on the Hill. And certainly in talking to our industry stakeholders, they understand the critical need to modernize FHA's technology. And uh, whether it's through an appropriation or through a fee, uh, I've made it pretty clear that we have to get the funding. Uh, Somewhere in the area of $80 million over four years, um, which seems like a lot of money to me, which it is. But when I share that number with folks out in the industry, they say, that's all? I said, well, seems like a lot to me. But all that aside, it's important that we're able to, again, move toward more electronic capability. And we produce 120 million pieces of paper a year. And, you know, that also increases the likelihood that we're going to have some mistakes. So the, the ability to move to more of a data-centric architecture will serve us well. Uh, a robust, automated, uh, you know, collateral system, uh, better managed, you know, appraisals, counterparty risk. 
and certainly, you know, an, an underwriting system and all yeah, rolled absolutely. into, you know, several different areas. And I, I think, uh, you know, I haven't read, met anyone yet in terms of out the industry of our stakeholders saying, I disagree with you. Uh, it's quite frankly, the, the reaction's been just, just the opposite. That they're, uh, they've been very supportive. So that's clearly a, a need here. And, you know, we're, we're ready to move as soon as we get the funding. Well, I, for one, look forward to continual reporting in Housing Wire on your efforts and accomplishments. It is, uh, it may, 80 million may seem like a low number as in terms of money spent, but in terms of man hours that will be required to implement all these. I mean, just reviewing all the technological options that are out there to try to execute on, on what you need to do and everything you described. It's, it's really no small feat. And it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge for you kind of managing all these parts. So for the sixth and final question, I, I I just want to end it on a on a positive note as you mentioned um you you have you have a difficult task ahead of you for the next uh year two years at least uh, what advice would you give your younger self from what you know today what advice would you give to you when you're just starting out that would help you get through this just a little bit better well it's interesting when i first got into college i wanted to be a geologist and uh there was just way too much engineering and chemistry and math. So <laughs> I, I moved over to my second passion, which was political science and in uh, business. And uh, I think sort of having sort of generalist view has helped serve me in many different capacities, whether it's in the private sector or in the government, which, you know, again, once it kind of gets under your, into your blood, it's kind of hard to, to shake free. And I guess some evidence of that, after, you know, coming back, I guess, for a third time back into the uh, back into the federal government. So, you know, I, I tell people, you know, be true to yourself, be true to a cause, or if you're in politics, to an individual or to your party, doesn't matter which one, and, and do good things with it. And, uh, you know, my, my last go around in this position, I prided myself on the ability to work well with both parties. Uh, we were able to get some some meaningful reform as a result of that, and while I'm still just just completing my third month on the job, I'm going to be optimistic that I can carry some of that forward. And and I think citizens of our country, especially those more vulnerable, rely on us to do our job, and they could probably care less about the party politics of it. And you know, again, our working under Secretary Carson and the Deputy Secretary, we hope to accomplish those goals and serve the taxpayers who need our assistance. Yeah, I certainly feel uh, a great sense of optimism uh, about the ability of this administration and this department to get a significant amount of work done. Let us not forget that uh, you mentioned some of these services are four decades old, but uh, there has been very little uh, innovation at the department in um in the tenure that preceded you. So I am definitely glad to see some innovation in the space. And I'm very proud that uh, we have someone like you as commissioner of the FHA. And I think it's just uh, a great example that you've come on the show and you've, you've talked to us and you've given us a lot of insight for people to understand what you're going through and what you're accomplishing every day out there. And I, and I appreciate, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I would well, like to thank say you thank very you. much. Yeah, it's been it's been great, and uh, I look forward to hearing again about your accomplishments in the in the months coming. Well, there, it'll be a, a team accomplishment, and fortunately, I have a great career staff, many of whom are still here for my first go around, and we're all rolling in the same direction here and trying to serve our mission. Uh, I do believe you will remain the, uh, the 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 only individual who can 
who can so effectively be compared to Grover Cleveland, though. That's a, <laughs> I appreciate that, Jacob. That's, that's a good one. That's what you'll always be able to have. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jacob Gaffman, the Editor-in-Chief of Housing Wire. I've just uh, wrapped a great conversation with Brian Montgomery. He's the Commissioner of the FHA. Mr. Montgomery, thank you so much for coming on my show. I thank you for your time. Thank you.